AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The soy complex traded lower again today. That pulled corn prices to the downside. While wheat futures did an impressive job of hanging on to modest gains, cotton futures finished off a strong week with a solid gain. Lean hog futures are consolidating and waiting on the next cash trend. And live cattle futures are still working to factor in this week's cattle inventory report. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to do that's this part. You. Yeah. <laughs> Live from a typical Big Apple Joe Stackler, well-prepared <laughs> AgriTalk via Farm Journal broadcast. This is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll have Jim Bauer from Jim Bauer Trading. Is that right? Jim Bauer yeah. Trading? Good, Jim good, Bauer, good. Bauer Trading. Yeah, and, you got it. And, and I'm producer Big Apple Joe Stackler, and now... <laughs> The host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. That was wonderfully done, Big Apple Joe. Way to go. Yeah. Way to go. <laughs> I can't say I'm getting too uh, worked up about it. Happy Friday afternoon, dude. Everything good? Yeah, actually, everything is good. Good. I thought good. I was well prepared, but I'm not, you know, I'm not too down on myself. Everything else is coming up fine. <laughs> The weather's beautiful. We've got Good. plans uh, locked in place for next week. Man. And, uh, well, it's a big week for you and me. Yes, it is. Yep. Always is. Every year, Top Producer Summit. Can't miss. Yep. yep. We will be in Kansas City next week for Top Producer Summit. We've got a heck of a lineup already put together for um, for the guests for the show. Of course, we're, we'll be talking with the finalists for the Top Producer of the Year. It's a great list. Uh, and uh, uh, really looking forward to getting to know those producers better. And we'll also talk with the uh, with, with the woman of the woman in ag of the year. And looking forward to getting to uh, see a bunch of people. It's it's one of my favorites. It's it's if not my favorite meeting of the year, just simply because of the interaction that happens among the attendees. And the conversations that take place throughout the two days, and and uh, really looking forward to it. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us. Davis has got the afternoon off, and uh, we will be taking you through the conversation with Jim Bauer coming up here in a little bit. Uh, Jim has spent decades getting to know and cultivating sources and a clientele down in Brazil. We're going to lean on Jim and get some of the uh, some of the perspectives from the growers down in in Brazil and in Argentina on what's exactly is going on with crop potential down there. It's kind of a mixed bag. It's it's getting attention again. This trend towards warmer and drier conditions in Argentina uh, looks like some hot and dry conditions might be coming back in some areas of Brazil as well. Couldn't tell it from the way that the markets traded this week with that bean market under some hefty pressure. All right, let's go ahead and get to some news. March soft red winter wheat futures traded on both sides of six bucks for a sixth consecutive session as the market searches for direction. A lack of fresh market moving news 
for the market has front month SRW trading in the middle of a broad 40 cent trading range. The U.S. dollar index was trading about 900 points higher late in the grain session. The stronger dollar contributed to a generally defensive attitude in the commodity markets, although wheat futures did do a nice job of deflecting that pressure to hang close to unchanged. March hard red winter wheat futures opened slightly lower and rallied to a new high for the week before setting back to close mid-range. Today, March HRW wheat futures four and a quarter cents higher at 625. March SRW wheat down one and three quarter cents to 599 and three quarters. March spring wheat closed at 699 and three quarters. That is up three and three quarter cents on the day. Now, on the week, March SRW wheat futures down a half a cent. On the week, March HRW futures up a quarter of a cent. And March spring wheat futures down three and three quarter cents. So on the week, the spring wheat market was the big mover, and it only moved half a percent. So um, just uh, kind of a consolidative week in that wheat trade. March corn futures opened slightly lower, pushed to test resistance at the week's high of 448 and three quarters, and then fell back to spike support at yesterday's low and to close low range. The setback comes after what chart watchers described as three consecutive constructive days for the corn market bulls. The majority of the Argentine corn crop is either in pollination or early grain fill, and the weather forecast calling for hot and dry conditions to continue next week. Limited selling interest in corn futures this week. The strength in the U.S. dollar index and the sell-off in crude oil futures really anchored the corn market today. March corn futures four and a half cents lower at four forty two and three quarters. May corn was down four and three quarter cents today to four fifty three and a half. July corn futures closed at four sixty two and a half. That is down three and a half cents. On the week, March corn futures down three and a half cents. July corn was down just a penny on the week. General pressure on the commodity world weighed heavily on the soy complex. March bean futures opened steady, tried to push higher, then fell back to close near session lows and at the lowest level since June 7th. The close below 12 bucks in front month beans sets the stage for a test of support at the May 31 low of 11.45 and a quarter. March bean oil futures closed below 45 cents for the first time and are close to a full test of support at the May 31 contract low of 4.49. While traders say they are frustrated by the slow development of the renewable diesel market, Crush hit an all-time high in December to 204.3 million bushels and soybean oil stocks of 1.832 billion pounds at the end of December were down 483 million pounds from last year. March beans were 14 and three-quarter cents lower at 11.88 and a half. May beans down 15 and a half to 11.98 and a quarter. July beans closed at 12.08 and a quarter, down 15 and a half cents. On the week, March soybeans down 20 and three quarter cents. July beans were down 25 and three quarter cents. Let's look at the new crop contracts. December corn on the week, uh, well, I should say today closed at 4.76 and three quarters. That was up a half cent on the week. July soybeans today, 11.71 on the close, down 14 cents. The soybean to corn price ratio, 2.46 to 1. 
March cotton futures posted the highest close since October 16, while pushing up to close near the high of the week. March cotton today, 62 points higher at 87.11. On the week, uh, 87. You know what? I didn't quite figure that out yet. I'll have to get that for you at the start of the next segment. Live cattle futures continued to digest Wednesday's cattle inventory report that suggested tight cattle supplies through all of 2024. April futures opened near session lows and closed near session highs and at the highest level since November 6. April live cattle 57 and a half cents higher 183.75. June futures gained 65 cents to close at 181.77 and a half. March feeders 7 and a half cents lower at 244.80. Lean hog futures treaded water today. April hogs seven and a half cents higher at eighty-three, eighty-two and a half. June hogs up thirty cents to ninety-seven fifty. On the week, April live cattle futures up two dollars seven and one half cents. March feeder cattle up five dollars and ten cents. And April lean hog futures up fifty-seven and a half cents on the week. Jim Bauer, Bauer Trading is up next. Right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom on AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us on this Friday afternoon. Uh, we're getting ready for a conversation with Jim Bauer here in just a moment. Uh, on the week, March cotton futures up 274 points. Close today at 87.11. Uh, that was a nice move on the week. It, we're we're going to be talking about some acreage considerations and everything today. And uh, the guys at Pro Farmer in this week's Pro Farmer newsletter made a mention that cotton seems to be at least engaging in the idea that it's going to have to compete for some acres in 2024. And and I find that interesting. We're not seeing a whole lot of price action or, or competition out of the new crop market at this point. But the old crop contracts are definitely perked up over the past three weeks, four weeks, and cotton is moving solidly to the upside. Demand is there. We had a great export sales week in the last in yesterday morning's uh, ex- weekly export sales report. So the demand is there. It's helping out the old crop contracts and and maybe a a bit of a realization that the market is going to have to give some incentive to cotton producers to expand some acres might be coming into play as well. 
All right, Jim Bauer, Bauer Trading, is our guest analyst today. Jim, my friend, it's been a while. How are you? Good. All right, just like the markets, the markets are getting better than they were recently. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, it is sure I had to good. Move, to... I, I, I had to use the word recently pretty pretty stressful. Yeah, yeah. Everything okay? Yep. Good, good. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Okay. Um, and I know one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is just kind of the general economy and what's going on with the currency trade around the world. And I think I want to start there. We got that jobs data report this morning, came out surprisingly strong with 350-some thousand new payrolls added in January. Uh, unemployment at 3.7%. The, the wage growth is it seems to be okay. And for the first time, it felt like the dollar really wanted to respond to what looked to be some positive economic news. Is that what you saw today? Well, I think that's part of the situation. But one of the things that we want to look back on a little bit okay. is how the market trades in relationship to the news. The news has been essentially pretty much okay. Not not real bullish with the American farmer, not ultra positive, but when you look at the situation from a broader standpoint, going back to our my, my uh, position in this market years ago, mm-hmm. what we what the difference is, and I think what, what why the producer is struggling so much, and maybe and I might be completely off on this, but I, I'm watching how the producer reacts to the news, and so the known fundamental is a useless fundamental, yeah. and you have to give the market time. To let the people know what they need to do as far as balance. Balance is a word we don't really use too often in the commodity market because it's it's so volatile, it's so aggressive. One of the things that we've lost, in my opinion, and I've talked to you a little bit about this, and, and some people feel that it's not a factor at all, but I disagree. When we lost essentially the trading activity. Yep. And the, the trading momentum that you could pick up off the floor mm-hmm. in the various pits, of course, that's been in the past. Mm-hmm. But that, with that emotion and that drama that came forth would give that producer basically uh, a switch to turn off and turn on, depending upon market, market news. What I'm trying to point out here in summary is we haven't forgotten how the market trades except we haven't forgot, we basically forgot why we watch that. And we watch it because it shows the momentum either up or down. And that's why a lot of the younger traders and brokers struggle because they, they don't have a, a field of drama to make yeah. their trades based upon data. Interesting. Uh, that's interesting perspective there. Yeah, Jim, I was thinking about this just, uh, it, it was earlier this week. I, I, just gotten back from a week off of vacation was sitting down taking a look at last week's price action and trying to figure out okay where is momentum building i wish i would have seen this wish i would have seen how the market traded at this point and i was finding myself growing a little nostalgic for the for for the trading floor and and for the trading pits and the people 
and the human involvement in the markets. Um, I miss it. I don't know if it's, I, but I don't know if it's having that big of an impact on the overall ability of the market to discover the fair price. What, what's your thoughts there? Well, well, when you step back and look at it, Chip, from a broader standpoint, basically, you know my feeling about being very global in the market. The market has changed the pit days when it was more of a drama situation for U.S., but now the situation is much different. We're involved kind of like the, the professional sports teams. We've got algorithms. We've got logarithms. We've got a known space that we have to basically analyze. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. No. It's, to me, it's gotten harder for the producers to price their products because they can't feel the, the emotion or the drama that we used to have, which kind of gave it an inkling which way the momentum was going, as we just talked about. So way to counter that is yeah. try to bring your activity into a smaller range of products, really start focusing on what is affecting the price uh, daily, maybe weekly, as far as how much they want to get sold for the next one to two years. Okay. Uh, we were fortunate. We got our cash corn and beans, especially the corn price, at or near the highs this past year because we were trying to make sure that we didn't let the momentum either up or down get away from us. So, again, a known fundamental is a useless fundamental in this type of market. So what you've got to do is tighten your belt up and really be ready for what opportunities are available. I think there'll be one, perhaps two uh, basic uh, opportunities the price of the new crop at a higher level than it is now, but you better have your pistol loaded and in your and in your holster because when it, it's probably not going to give you much time. But I, I'm planning my approach that we'll, we'll have at least one, possibly two uh, rallies in the next forthcoming year. But you okay. better be ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you got to be there before the market gets there, and I've said that several times on the show. You, you've got to uh, uh, you, you got to have price orders in place at the elevator, right, Jim? Because it can happen overnight in the blink of an eye. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't, have, you, you can't make any sales if you don't have any orders in. Yeah. So uh, again, the momentum started out positive in beans because Brazil was having a very difficult spring planting situation for up in the Mato Grosso for, for a little while. It didn't last long, but there was a, there, there was some opportunity. We were, we were up in the $13, $14 level. Yep. Uh, so it was time to make some sales. And basically, well, uh, it's too early. Well, it's not, not in this type of market. Maybe back in the days of the pits where you, you kind of feel your way along on a daily, weekly, yeah. uh, biweekly basis, but not with this deal. You've got to have your orders in place, ready yeah. to go, and your and your strategy in place and ready to go. Exactly. So let's go. 
Yes, that's exactly right, Jim. And and you said it earlier. You don't know which way this market is going to go. It is going to trend hard next. It can be in either direction. So you've got to have the right strategy in place that is going to allow you. If 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 you decide that, geez, I got to get a bunch of downside price protection in place. You've got to do it in such a way that the that 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 if the market turns around and starts to move back to the upside that you're going to be there to take advantage of a of a rally in the on on the board right right you, you know I've been in this business going on 50 years yep so I've seen every scenario you can pretty much think of either good or bad but the one thing that is different again is uh, momentum indicators are horribly important as far as which way you want to be biased at that particular time. And then I was just looking at a, a, a graphic. It was an interesting graphic. It was basically the, 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 what, the performance of commodities on a weekly basis. And it, it, like commodities which you didn't really pay too much attention, like orange juice. Yeah. It was the number one leading commodity uh, really? recently okay. on its own. And gasoline was the worst. Uh-huh. So there's always opportunities. That's right. Always opportunities. Okay, we are in the middle of a conversation with Jim Bauer from Bauer Trading. Uh, That was fun. I want to get to uh, South American crops next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Let's go to the markets page at proformer.com and recap where the markets closed today. March HRW wheat futures four and a quarter cents higher at six twenty-five. March SRW wheat down one and three quarter cents to five ninety-nine and three quarters. March corn futures four and a half cents lower, four forty-two and three quarters. May corn down four and three quarter cents to four fifty-three and a half. March beans fourteen and three quarter cents lower at eleven eighty-eight and a half. May beans down 15 and a half to 11.98 and a quarter. March cotton today, 62 points higher at 87.11. April live cattle futures 57 and a half cents higher, 183.75. March feeders seven and a half cents lower, 244.80. April hogs seven and a half cents higher at 83.82 and a half. Hey, give Pro Farmer a try at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. We don't make the news, we render it. AgriTalk. 
Welcome back to AgriTalk. We are in the middle of a conversation with Jim Bauer from Bauer Trading. Jim, I was going to go straight to South America, but I'm getting detoured by some some chatter on Twitter. And uh, Gary Vetter is over there. I uh, went to the Dunlap Sale Barn today in, over in western Iowa. And he said six weight, I, I'm going to assume black steers, in the Dunlap Sale Barn today were $3 a, a pound plus. And then he says, I wonder if Jim will have any advice for the cattle feeder today. And he also wants to know, is is it time to buy hogs? So let's start with the, the guy that's filling up the feed yard. Any advice for them? Well, that's an interesting approach. That That's a question producers are asking themselves every day, uh, every week, certainly. But I think what's happening there, we're in the process of, trying to get the market to tell the producer we're going to keep raising the price till essentially you price yourself out of the market <laughs> from a cost ratio. You look at cattle, the inventory numbers are still basically still dropping and you're still seeing liquidation of old cows and, and females. Market knows that and We'll have that dialed in because remember what I said, the known fundamental is the useless fundamental. They, yep. they they probably already dialed in most of the positive aspects of the market now. Does, does that mean it can't go higher? Yes, it can, obviously, because it's held up from a demand standpoint better than most traders yeah. thought. We knew all along the supply situation was tight. That, that's not new. What's new is how the demand factors have changed and how you have to take advantage of demand factors yeah. when they present themselves. But but certainly, uh, you know, the cow-calf operator especially, that's hard work. That's dangerous work. That's nighttime work sometimes. And it's very tough. Yeah. They deserve every every penny they can get because it's such a consuming business. And, and there's danger to it, too. I mean, yep. I, I can't count the number of friends that I've had. They, they overdid things or whatever, but they, they got yeah. injured just because they got in the wrong position at the wrong time. Yep. So what I'm saying is kind of drifting back to towards price. The, the price is going to go high enough, long enough to start to diminish the demand factors, and then you're going to have to be really careful. Yeah. But I, I think that probably is a scenario that runs out maybe six months to 18 months to get that job accomplished. But remember, the foreign competition, they're going to expand too. Yeah. And, they'll be they'll be aggressive jim it used to be that we never had to really think about the foreign competition when it came to the beef market but but boy we certainly got to keep it in mind now don't we that's there's 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 no question Absolutely. about that the, the commodity market in general with particular emphasis on uh inelastic markets like mm-hmm. spring wheat or or cattle You'll get your chance, but but you've got to be ready. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, like, all markets have cycles to them, and they, they all rely upon accurate information. But right now, the, the cattle producer is faced with calving season, and so far, well, other than they had billing at Billings, it was minus 35. Yeah. And then today, I, I talked to my worker, and it was plus 60 almost a 100 point range a week i mean i i I don't know that i've ever seen that no 
I mean, that's hard on humans. And and it, if it's hard on humans, it's going to be hard on those cattle that are out there, too, swinging temperatures up nearly 100 degrees in a week. Good grief. That's in, that's incredible. Okay, let's go to South America here, Jim. What are you hearing? How how bad was that hot and dry stretch, and, and did beans recover from it? Well, you're 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 on it. Uh, the situation months ago, well, maybe maybe, maybe let's say six weeks ago, okay. six weeks ago to about four weeks ago, we had that situation in northern and central Monte Grosso, and it stemmed down to the south of about 300 miles from there. They basically. Got off to a rough start because it was really hot and dry. Then they got too much moisture, and as that moisture slipped southward, it became more orderly and basically set the crop up for some high yields. Now, mm-hmm. remember, Brazil is a very long quantity uh, because it stretches from way above the equator to way below the equator. In fact, yeah. in certain spots, you can get three crops in, in there. <laughs> But looking out ahead on demand factors, that's something that we have to learn. And because of the change in the way the markets are priced, namely going back to our conversation on pricing, mm-hmm. the loss of momentum by the way the pits would provide information. We're, we're in a period of, of change. And, and like uh, my career has been pretty much built on the, situation but life goes on and you have to basically bring the young people up to trade the way the market wants it to trade and it wants to trade more or less electronically around the around the yeah. globe 24 hours a day and, and that's not going to change much that's only going to get even broader right right yep no doubt about it and and the so many of the things that happen in the south american crop the weather uh, does get traded in the overnight session, so it, it's it's something that we need to watch. Uh, there's there's no question there. Um, acres, I mentioned oh, acres. Don't, don't forget. The... Go ahead, Jim. Don't forget Argentina. Oh yeah, Argentina. They they basically got off to a good start, but then the temperatures. I just looked. They got some ninety to hundred degree temperatures coming in there over the weekend. Now the market expects to get those to get that precip. That, that's again that's a known fundamental we've already we know that but, but what we don't know what happens to price if we fail to get yeah. Argentina because they need it the temperatures are, have been running 90 to 100 in some key areas so uh, again the market still thinks the rain is coming it's telling us the rain is coming do something Jim about what we're going to price but if it doesn't get here, you may have to readjust real quick because we do need precip in about a third to, uh, I'd say a third to 40% of Argentina needs the rain right now. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll have to watch it over the weekend for sure. Acreage situation here in the U.S. Which uh, which crops are you watching most closely? Well, that's interesting to ask that because – I watched them all, but mm-hmm. I, as far as the emphasis, I really got to stay in the situation. 
You kind of cut out on us there. For, you kind of cut out on us oh, for a second there, Jim. What? Which one are you watching most closely? Basically, the beef market and staying with it from a cow calf standpoint, and making sure that once the liquidation is over, and it's not over yet, it's still ongoing. That's well advertised, but the unknown is how that I can see as far as beef is. Is not that we're going to have a tight situation, but we're, we're certainly going to have a situation where the value of the dollar is going to be the next thing that makes or breaks mm-hmm. these commodity markets, particularly global markets that we trade, and na- namely the ag markets that are traded around the clock around the world. Right. Okay. All right, Jim, we've only got two, three minutes left here. Let's go over to the energy markets. I know you watch those energy markets. What are your thoughts there? It was a big day down in in crude oil today, but uh, what are you thinking generally? Well, I've told, you and I have talked about this in the past, and, I, and I'm not going to veer away from it. I, I, it's, it's, it's made our clients money. We, we, we've worked on it. But the thing that I think they need to watch, which I watch, is – I watch when the price of gasoline, rebob gasoline, gets driven lower by a strong dollar and or just government action to raise interest rates and slow the economy down. But what I'm trying to say is I watch – how do I determine what's happening? This is going to sound almost like where did he get that? But I get on I-65 every, every morning and every evening, yeah. and I watch the truck traffic. I count them. I watch it, particularly the, the semis, yeah. the train trucks, the cement trucks, uh, the electrical vans. Uh, what, what, what's, what it's telling me is so many more units like that. It tells you the economy is that is very good and much better than most people are, are letting on. Just like that jobs number came out this morning, it told us things are really rocking and rolling. How do you know that, Jim? We don't know. Well, I know because I can visually look out eight to ten miles on I-65 and see these solid trucks yeah. all the way. That's maybe simplistic, but that's that's made us money by watching because we felt the economy was stronger than the. Yep, yep. You know, it. Uh, we have talked for for ten years now. Jim, on, on just on this show, and we've talked about it even before that, but you've mentioned the I-65 economic indicator several times, and it's worked for you over the years, and it's provided plenty of good insight for us. And it's happening all over the country. You look at Des Moines. Uh, it's not Indianapolis, but you look at Des Moines and the amount of activity that is happening in and around Des Moines on the development side and the the way the consumers are spending money, it is uh, it is certainly impressive and and indicates that we've got a strong economy out there. Jim, we are out of time. Thank you so much for making time for us, buddy. You have a great weekend. Same to you. Have a great weekend. All right. That is Jim Bauer, Bauer Trading here on AgriTalk. All right. I'll wrap things up when we come back. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. 
Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on AgriTalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. And we are sprinting into the weekend at this point. We've got one more segment of AgriTalk coming your way. Great to get caught up with Jim Bauer from Bauer Trading, the old I-65 economic indicator. It's uh, it's something that Jim has talked about for a long time. And it's just, it, it's, an, it's, it's a visualization of economic activity. When you see it going up and down the road, you, you can't miss it. You, you got to believe what your eyes are showing you, right? You got to believe what your eyes are showing you. And unfortunately, we've been going through a period now for eh, six, eh, maybe a year, where some of the economic data that we're seeing like this morning's jobs report, it doesn't really line up that well with other data-driven points. It really doesn't line up all that well with what you're seeing with your eyes. Um, we continue to get these reports of big layoffs coming in tech country. And I know, I know when, when a tech company says we're going to lay off 20,000 employees, it doesn't happen all at once. It happens over a period of time. I get that. So it it uh, it might be five thousand now, ten thousand there, and fifteen thousand to get it all done in the in in a quarter, what, whatever, whatever. It doesn't happen all in one month. But nonetheless, to put together a string of winners, like have been put together in the jobs reports, is very impressive. Now a lot of that has been driven by government jobs, and government spending, and when we're sitting here with trillion dollars in deficit spending happening. We wonder sometimes how we continue to add to those government payrolls, but we have. And all of that is cushioning for this economy that seems to be, seems to be making the soft landing out there. And at the same time, the economic activity, the, the, the uh, uh, the stuff that Jim was talking about on that I-65 economic indicator is uh, stuff that we need to pay attention to. Uh, also, something else that caught my attention was, you know, when Jim was talking about the beef market and the cattle market, he said at some point we're going to price ourselves out of the market. And, and he was looking at it from the cattle feeders' point of view and, and saying, 
well, you know what? These these feeder cattle are going to get too expensive at some point. We're not going to be able to put them on feed. Uh, that's only going to happen if we price beef out of the consumer's menu. And typically, that's the way that these cycles end. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm not saying anything that that isn't well known. Um, we we hold beef prices high enough for a long enough period of time, or spike pre, uh, beef prices to a high enough level, so that beef demand starts to shut down. So. You, you lose beef demand before you start to rebuild the beef herd. The reason that that happens is because you've got to make the female, the heifer, worth more money on pasture than what she is in the feed yard. And it that's a unique situation when we finally get to the point that bred heifers are worth more than the heifer that's going into the feedlot. Uh, Gary G. Vetter, at Gary G. Vetter, reported on the Dunlap sale barn, those six-weight six calves at $3 plus. You know, I was uh, during the break, I was talking with Big Apple Joe about when when we were, when, when my kids were in 4-H and we'd go out looking for for a, you know, better-than-average uh, steer for them to show, yeah, you could spend all kinds of money. So you had to just decide. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a price limit on it. We're not gonna spend any more than my number was fifteen hundred bucks. You can't buy a feeder calf now for fifteen hundred bucks. It's just absolutely amazing the change that we've gone through. But at some point, we will price we will price the consumer out of the market, and it probably will happen before we start to rebuild the dairy the to rebuild the beef herd it will at least see the indication that it's happening so we've we've got to watch for that very very closely it's february uh this is the month in which the spring price for uh corn and soybean crop insurance contracts will be determined it is the average close of December corn futures and the average close of November soybean futures in the month of February that sets the spring price. Uh, interesting study in this week's Pro Farmer newsletter. I'm not going to offer up a whole lot of the details of it, but I'm just going to tell you this. 14 out of the last 20 Februarys, corn and soybean prices have moved to the upside. Uh, market's way of trying to give some incentive to Plant, baby plant, I guess it might be. Uh, but uh, we're still trying to figure out exactly what that crop mix is going to be. At the start of the show, I gave the, uh, the the closes in the new crop contracts. December corn today closed at 476 and three quarters. November beans today at 1171. So that, that's a bean corn price ratio of 2.46 to 1. 2.46 to 1. Beans aren't doing a whole lot to try to get more acres at this point. Uh, you, you look at the old crop contracts, and you might think to yourself, okay, well, beans are outperforming corn. But when you look at the new crop contracts, that should be determining what's going to be uh, planted this spring. We're not seeing a whole lot of competition at that point yet. National Weather Service 6 to 10-day outlook, February 8th through the 12th. High odds, 
high odds of above normal temperatures across the Corn Belt. Uh, Wow. And above normal precipitation as well across most of the country, but including the Corn Belt. There's kind of a bullseye over Minnesota, Iowa, and Missouri on there. Jump out to the 8 to 14 day. This is for February 10th through the 16th. Still above normal temperatures expected across the Corn Belt. Near normal precipitation is expected across the Corn Belt February 10th through the 16th. Thank you so much for listening today and this week. Monday morning, Machine Repeat. And we'll talk about farming's mental health issues with Dr. Ginger Fenton from Penn State University. Monday afternoon, Joe Lardy from CHS Hedging. Have a great weekend, everybody. This is Agriculture.